So today we have Mark Chisholm. No, he's not related to Greg Chisholm, not his brother, not his uncle. Nope. Just good old Mark Chisholm. He uh, is a uh, three-time international tree climbing champion and third-generation ICA certified arborist with Aspen Tree Expert Company in New Jersey. I have no idea what I just said, <laughs> but that's a whole lot of stuff right there. He knows a lot about trees. We'll say that much. Uh, he consults internationally on tree care issues and conducts training seminars for steel. So that's why he's on the show today to talk about what he does for steel, how he got connected to steel, but also we really, really unpack his life and a lot of lessons and how he went from uh, thinking he was going to get into teaching uh, at one point in college at Rutgers to quitting college and going all in with tree care in his family business that his parents started and he's still in working for it to this day and how it's come full circle back to teaching. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Here we go. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR, Naylor Taliaferro, and today on the phone, we have Mark Chisholm from Steel. How's it going, Mark? Oh, it's going great. Appreciate you having me on, Naylor. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, to, to, get, to get to know... To get to know each other, really, you know, we, we've never met or, or anything like that. But I mean, this is a good uh, a good platform. You know, I really just want to explore the different different folks out uh, different uh, community, uh, you know, parts of the community and in the industry that really make up all all of what we do. Because I mean, you know, myself, I own a lawn care business, and probably most or if not all of the listeners to this podcast, Elsevier Media Podcast, also has a business or wants to have a business, or maybe they were in the business and they're still kind of, you know, like to be a part of what's going on. And, you know, so you work for Steel, which is one of the main companies that, you know, I mean, we I pretty much think every everyone's, you know, knows what Steel is, whether they've had a steel trimmer or blower or something <laughs> in their hand at one point or another that, you know, that they have to be, you know, really new to the industry and living under a rock to not know what, what uh, the company Steel is. So, um, but before we go into that, let's talk about your backstory first, before you go into what you do for steel, let's kind of go, you know, start with where, wh who's sure. Mark and, and what, what is your origin story? Cause I, I've, I know a little bit and it's, it's pretty intriguing. Something about trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, my whole life's built around trees. To be honest with you. I, uh, I grew up, um, in a family business. My father, Steve, and my mother, Laura started a company that we, together run with my brother and my sister-in-law today uh, called Aspen Tree Expert Company here in New Jersey. And uh, they started our company very uh, humbly on their, from their kitchen counter in 1976. And uh, we do all phases of tree care. And it started obviously with just two employees, my mom and my dad, and they, they grew it from there. And then my brother and I uh, came into a very early working at a very young age because we wanted to be part of it and, you know, work, work with the business and, um, you know, had that drive, that work ethic that my, I think my father and mother both instilled, instilled in both of us. And, um, today we're a business that we have about a little over 40 employees and we do, like I said, all phases of tree care, including plant health care. And we started a turf care division this past year. That's new to, uh, to us as well, but, yeah, so that's that's my day job, I guess is what you would call it. Okay. Um, but I I kind of I kind of tell everybody when they ask like 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 what do you do and what what's the, what is it that you know that that you do daily or whatever and I kind of have um, probably three big kind of prongs if you will and the first as I just told you is the family tree care company that I work for uh, daily out in the field and help run stuff and then. Part two would be um, working as like an ambassador or spokesperson for uh, like Steel Incorporated, which we'll get into uh, a little bit later, I'm sure. And then the third part is I run a website um, called treebuzz.com that I started uh, about 20 years ago, um, which has an online forum and discussion group. Uh, before we had any kind of social media of any sort, it was really a go-to for for us to help share ideas like you would at any trade show or event. And uh, so that's kind of like the, the full spectrum of what I do as a whole. Um, 
and mix in there in the middle of all that i competed at the uh, world champion uh, tree climbing championships for 23 or i'm sorry 24 years i did that so a lot of little different parts but it's all wrapped up in trees and tree care uh, in the green industry for sure Wow. That's, that's definitely a lot to unpack there for sure. That's, that's exciting stuff. So I'm assuming that some, some of this story that you, that you just talked about is how you got connected with steel. Like as far as, you know, your, the, um, the website, you know, tree buds and everything that you're kind of doing there. I feel like it started, it kind of is a good transition for that. So we'll, we'll get to that, but, um, definitely. So, so family tree business, huh? That's pretty awesome. I mean, you really are just like the rest of us. Like, you know, you're, you're not like in, you know, an office guy going to college, getting a degree and just like only doing that. Like, you know, you've been out there in the trenches, like literally climbing trees. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You know, what's funny about that. You just made me think, uh, you know, how life kind of, gets you going in the, in the direction you don't really initially know at the time. For example, one of the things you mentioned college, like, uh, obviously I was started working. I pretty much knew what I was doing since I was 12 years old. This is what I really love to do. I, I just latched on the tree climbing in general, not just the tree business, but, um, part of what I wanted to do as kind of like my own little soul searching is to experience college and education on a different level for a little while. So I did go to a community college and put myself through that for a few years and did the associate's degree. And then, um, and this is kind of the funny part to me is I was contemplating different jobs. What if I didn't find my true purpose yet? What if, you know, I'm taking an easy route, if you want to call it that, because it was, you know, kind of shown to me at an early age. So I want to do some, some kind of like some, uh, a little bit of soul searching on that. And at the time, it's kind of uh, it's kind of funny, but uh, I was gonna I signed up at Rutgers University and was going with a, for a biology major and with the idea that I might want to go and become a college professor to teach anatomy and, and physiology. Wow! And so I I soon decided, not long after getting into Rutgers, that it wasn't really for me. I didn't I I started really thinking like. I really love what I do. I got really involved in the tree care industry at that point. I started seeing the big picture of tree care and the community. I was competing at that time, won my first uh, championship uh, that that year actually in New Jersey. And it got me thinking like, what am I really looking for here? What else could I ask for out of life really to do something you really enjoy and get paid for it, make an honest living? So I, I ended up dropping out of that uh, out of Rutgers University. I didn't go into teaching for our, for the uh, um, for anatomy and physiology, like I mentioned. And another funny story that I don't really tell this story to too many people because it's kind of embarrassing, <laughs> to be honest. But I uh, I had some friends that were real close to me at the time uh, that uh, convinced me to go to New York City and try out for modeling of all things <laughs> nice. at the same time. And it took me all of about a minute to realize I didn't want to go overseas and go to Italy and do this and and become a model. It really wasn't in my wheelhouse. You know, the money was all, it was kind of like intriguing to me, but I realized really quickly, thank God that it wasn't for me. But the funny full circle part of all this is, um, I now teach regularly, you know, along with steel and everybody else to do, you know, educational workshops and teach tree climbing uh, more than anything else and speak at conferences and have done this actually since, you know, uh, the late 1990s, I started teaching. So I do teach, um, and another funny part about it is I kind of do modeling in a different way because I, I do, you know, take pictures and stuff for advertisements and such. Um, and then the, the third part is probably the funniest is I also now teach at Rutgers University. <laughs> oh, wow. That is full circle right there. Yeah, I think it's pretty funny. But like like you said, you don't always know where your life is going to go based on where you start out is not always where you finish. But I think it's pretty funny how I kind of brought it all into the same thing. So I pulled, to me, I pulled the best parts out of all of it and made it into what I do now, which is really fulfilling and rewarding, obviously. Yeah. And, and I, I think something that I, one of the many things that I took away from that store, those stories is that you followed, you know, you, you kind of like had to keep 
keeping yourself in check almost like kind of, you know, just, just re resetting, like, wait a minute, like what, what am I really trying to do here? Like, you know, do, do I want to, do I want to model? Okay. The money might be good, but is it all about the money? I mean, do I, do I want, do I want to do something no. that I really enjoy? <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I, I think that that's a good lesson for a lot of people that, uh, whether it be this industry or just in life in general, where they, they kind of get stuck thinking that they, you know, sometimes there's a lot of parental influence there. Like you have to do this or you have to do that, but they're really just not feeling like they're cut out for that, or that's not really their passion. And they might have a passion that might not really seem like it makes a whole lot of sense to the parents or other people, you know, so that, you know, there's a lot of that stuff going around. And, and, and it, I, it, it sounds like you were able to kind of keep honing your own thoughts in and, and stay focused and, really, uh, get, get, you know, do what, what you really enjoy so that you could, you know, kind of reach your full potential. And then, as you said, at full circle, you come back and you end up teaching at, at Rutgers, you know, to, to begin with, which is where you, you started in the first place. Um, so that's, that, that's definitely cool. But I wanted to ask also why teach, like, why was that a thing in back in Rutgers, um, of an idea to begin with? <laughs> You know, that's a funny, that's a funny thing. Again, it was from somebody who at the time I was in school, um, right before Rutgers, uh, which is what, what made me go to Rutgers. I was in school at the local community college. And one of my favorite courses I had up until that point and counting any, any level of schooling was anatomy and physiology. And so I took, uh, two, two, I took number one and number two, and I took lab classes and all this. And the professor I had said to me, basically, you know, you should really think about teaching. He says, you have a really good way of understanding this, this information. You have a passion around it. And he says, and you articulate it well, which would make you a good teacher. He think he thought anyway. And, you know, and that was one of the first times somebody had said something like that to me on that note. Like I never heard like, Hey, you should be a teacher. Um, but so that got me thinking about it. And, uh, what really made me teach ultimately was uh, local people around here in New Jersey. At the there's an there's a association that runs our championships for tree climbing called the ISA International Society of Arboriculture, and the ISA group here in New Jersey said, you know, hey, you're an awesome climber. You got all these really new techniques because I I was pulling up all the latest and greatest ideas to try to to do well in the competition. And they said, would you be willing to share some of this at, at our at an event in the spring, you know, to, uh, to do it? And I said, sure, if you let me partner up with these uh, two other climbers I wanted to work with that I knew could also share some some insight into, you know, the, the higher level of tree climbing. And they said, let's do it. And I had never done public speaking to that point outside of school when they make it. I'd <laughs> never done anything to really share on that level. And here we are out, outdoors, but I was doing what I was really good at, which is tree climbing and sharing things that I, that were really valuable to people that I knew they didn't know because it, some of it was like my specific information and techniques I created, you know? So I knew there was, there was a lot of excitement around it. When I talked to the people, I knew they were excited to hear it and see more because that's the, the feeling we, I got. And long, long story short, if you want to call it short at the end of the day, People came up to me that were like mentors of mine, the guys who got me to do it, including my father and my mother. They came up to me and said, I didn't know you could speak like that. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know either. I never tried. They were like, geez, <laughs> where'd you come up with all that? You like, you just, you did great. And I was like, really? I said, I just, I don't know. I just was sharing fun stuff and it, it was exciting. Yeah. You, so you, you that, spoke that from your kind heart. of my start. Yeah. 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 And I not, think the yeah. first time you, you really get good at public speaking is probably when you're sharing something that's important to you, not just sharing something that you had to do. You know what I mean? Like in public speaking in school, you, they give you a topic and you got to, you got to speak on it. And maybe it's not in your wheelhouse. Maybe you're not passionate about it and neither is your audience. And that's what people kind of, I think that's why a lot of people shy away from public speaking. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's, that is a great, just unpacking all these great little lessons here and, and nuggets for, for folks to really uh, think about and, um, you know, different aspects of their life. So that's, that is awesome. Uh, I wanted to dive in a little bit more about tree climbing. So I know, you know, I know a little bit about tree work. I, I have, you know, some friends and, and mentors that are in the tree 
tree service business, but that, that there's a lot to unpack mm-hmm. just within that, right? Because you you keep talking about tree climbing and championships and all that. Tree climbing is just one aspect, yeah. right? So can you break down like the whole, I'm, I'm sure your company did, uh, did more than just tree climbing, right? You, you did the whole, the whole thing, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So I, my, our company, Aspen Tree Expert Company, um, it's kind of broken out into four, four real groups now. Um, the first one is where we started, which is residential and commercial tree care, which really comes down to mainly the bulk of the work is tree pruning or tree removal. That's the bulk of what we do. There's other stuff, obviously, but that's the bulk. And part two of the company is, is utility arboriculture based. So we work for the utility company and do line clearance, removals and pruning and maintenance projects. And that's an annual contract that we what we do for our local utility first energy jcpnl um the third part of the company is phc which is plant health care which is uh fertilization insect and disease um you know kind of like a plant wellness if you will and then the last one i mentioned is new is the turf care which is um is not cutting the lawns but you know it's just treatments using our phc uh, department to do that because we had a lot of clients say to us like we wish you guys would do lawns. We love what you, how knowledgeable you guys are about trees and what you do. And our trees look great. And you always, you're always pointing out things that to watch out for and, and, and bring stuff back to life. And we want, we want our lawns to do that. We'd like to just work with you. So uh, that's how that started. Um, now on the tree side of things, you know, as an arborist today, you have to be versed in a lot of different disciplines, you know, Tree climbing is just one aspect, like you mentioned. That's just the techniques, the safety, the proper this and that. There's You have to be really good at cutting. Obviously, you got to know chainsaw safety and maintenance for that. Um, you have to be really good at science and the idea that you have to understand forces more than anything to stay safe in tree work. You know, like using aerial lifts and such like that or climbing, you have to be really well-versed in that. Um and then there's plenty of other parts of the industry that you could be a part of. I mentioned the plant healthcare, so you could have to be good at diagnosing and then treating. Um, you also there's 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 sales work. Obviously, there's all the business aspects. And uh, I think on top of all that, there's so many different avenues within the industry that you can really put a lot of time and effort into becoming good at, like the safety components. Like we have to do. Uh, weekly meetings, safety trainings for our company in order to stay safe. And that's a huge part of tree care is probably, you know, uh, statistically, you know, we're not the safest industry to be a part of, you know, it's, uh, we typically we're paired with logging as well. And I guess anybody who runs a chainsaw professionally daily is kind of how they lump us for OSHA. Right. And uh, our stats usually end up being in the top three of the most deadly uh, industries, depending wow. on, how commercial fishermen do and, and, uh, you know, that. So wow, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of that. So the focus is really on safety. So there's a lot of effort we put into educating our employees and sending them to training and then doing weekly trainings and rewarding people for, you know, anything they, that they find that we need to, we need to try to tighten up on, for example. Yeah. So how, how big is your family's business? Like how many employees do they have, including you? Uh, a little over 40 of us. Wow. That's a sizable. And, and you, you guys are out of New Jersey. Yeah, we're in uh, central, uh, near, uh, we're actually from, I live in the, the, the town that, uh, if anybody from outside the, the state would probably know it from Bruce Springsteen, where he grew up was Freehold, New Jersey. I'm in Freehold and our, our business is next town over, which is Jackson and probably most famous for a six flags, great adventure there. Ah, yeah. I've been there quite a few times because I'm actually originally from the state of New York. So, uh, it was like, you know, two or three hour drive down to, down to Jersey. I wasn't in New York city. I was in, in Albany area, which is another, you know, a little little bit further up North, but so yeah, we, we would, we would definitely take some trips down there. A good, like three hour trip down a great adventure, spend a day down there back in my teenage college days. (laughs) So I, I definitely yeah, know that well. Know it well. Yeah. <laughs> but so then, so how, let's transition into how you started working for steel and, and what is it that you even do for steel? So, um, sure. you, you know, and, and the fact that you, you know, steel, for those that don't know, their headquarters is based in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where I live in Virginia. I'm only a couple hours away from Virginia Beach. We go there all the time, or at least used to before 
the world got got all turned upside down in 2020. But um, uh, anyway, hopefully we're on the road to recovery there. But before all that, we went to Virginia <laughs> Beach regularly because there's only a couple hours, you know, drive down. We'd spend the day there. Sometimes we spend a weekend there. When we first moved, we would like spend the week like, oh, this is a great vacation. And then you quickly become like a local and you're like, yeah, let's go somewhere further away, <laughs> you know, like for the for an actual vacation. <laughs> but it's still nice to be able to drive down to the beach. Um, so how what what is has have you always just been virtual or are you traveling from New Jersey to Virginia Beach? Like what 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 is that? that look like first of all yeah well honestly i, I don't go to the to, to the to, uh, virginia beach too often to the factory area um it's special events we do there or things that we need to work on uh, on my end but um what i do with steel more than anything um is that is really is uh it's just kind of like um using my personal brand and my uh, influence if you will to to share how I feel about the products and, and the company at large, because I really am, am very attached to it, obviously. But um, it goes back, you asked me like how I got started with them. And it goes back to um, the year 2000. I was in the world championship event climbing um, in Stanford, Connecticut. And somebody from the local area, uh, in which is Northeast uh, area of steel, came up to me and just asked me if I, you know, had spoken to anyone from steel yet. And I said, no. And he said, you know, you're, you're gonna, and uh, we're interested in, in talking to you about, you know, professionally, a professional relationship of sorts. And, um, you know, it started from a lot of conversations. Uh, I, I then started talking to a gentleman, uh, Ken Waldron down at steel in, in Virginia beach. And we went back and forth for a better part of a year before we actually developed what we wanted to do together. And, I think that really was the success story is that we spent that much time and effort, both of us making sure we aligned properly and we knew our goals and we agreed to them. And then we started our relationship that way, because I think uh, that's why here we are today. I signed the contract in November of 2001 and here we are today, 2021, and we're still doing great things together. And I think that's the real story, but, um, what, what I actually do more than anything uh, in my in my eyes is basically share the, the good word of, of proper tree care, um, you know, and a big part of that is wrapped around safety. So my, my simple goals, if you want to call them simple, are when I talk to the professional group, I really want to hit on a couple of, of, of different, different notes. Number one is if I can help them be safer in what we do, that's the number one thing. Number two for me is if I can help them make their job easier by sharing tips and tricks that make the job safer, easier, whether that's gear or technique oriented, that's another big one. And probably the third one that I try to hit is just make them feel proud to be in the industry, realize how great of an industry it is and to enjoy what they do more. Because, you know, if you're not enjoying your work, you probably should change what you do or who you do it with. And that's probably a big message there for a lot of us. To, to try to uh, really come to get, uh, yeah. grips with, but on the on the non-professional tree uh, side, uh, I have some of the same boxes basically. But from one, it's it's uh, basically the value of trees, how great they are, how important they are. You know, number two would probably be simply put: is trees need to be cared for properly, and professional arborists are the ones to call to care for them. And three would be safety oriented as well as like have a look out for making sure, you know, I love when people try to do their own tree work that's in their, in their, within their limitations, but knowing your limitations is huge because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's not the safest thing to really be a part of unless you're properly trained. And even still, there's a lot of risk involved. So understanding that risk and saying when to say when and call a pro, because not everybody's trained properly to do the job that, that you might have to have done at your property. So those are like my big boxes to check whenever I'm in either group that I try to really drill home because that's, that's my passion. And, um, I think that's why steel and I have gotten along so great because that's their passion as well. You know, they love education. They love safety. They want people to, to use their products in a safe and, and, uh, you know, responsible manner so that way they can, they could be long-term users of the product and get the full, you know, rewards of the products they passionately create as well. So I, I think that's the easiest way to explain our relationship. 
There is still plenty more to come as the LCR Media Podcast with Naylor Taliaferro continues in just a moment. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1,500 to 3,500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The ramp and dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com and, of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the ramp rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. Kanabi Outdoor Power and Terry's Small Engine are family-owned and operated and conveniently located in Midlothian, Virginia. They can provide you with the latest and best in outdoor power products to make your outdoor living more enjoyable. Combine this wide array of selections with their friendly and knowledgeable staff, and they're convinced Kanabi Outdoor Power and Terry's Small Engine will become your only stop for all of your outdoor power needs. Go to terrysmallenginerepair.com or click the link in the show notes for locations and more details. To be honest, I didn't even know that that Steel really did invest and spend so much time in everything that you're saying. Like from from my, you know, um, I don't know, uneducated perspective, I guess, and just just using just knowing Steel as a uh, like a product manufacturer for for tools that we need in the industry. I mean, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't do tree work, but I mean, I've used a chainsaw yeah. you know a few times in in my life, but uh, you know nothing anywhere near as as arborists do. Uh, I mainly would just use have used steel for you know trimmers and blowers and and that kind of stuff. Um, so I mean, I never would have ever connected that there was this behind the scenes. Um, you know, whole like ecosystem of, of, you know, guys that, that work for steel, but you are like, like you said, you have a day job, but you're also working for steel and you're, it's like a partnership and you're, it's almost like you're an influencer in, in, in some ways where like those of us that are on YouTube or have a podcast or whatever, and we may be working with steel or another brand or, or just, you know, promoting our own educational courses or whatever to help people start, start and grow their businesses in this industry. It, it, it and it's almost like a similar kind of concept, you know, where steel connects with you, you guys and, and, you know, you guys put together different types of safety training and, and do a put on events and go places. I'm sure you go like go on site in different locations, big companies probably, and give presentations like big Arbor, Arborscapes company, you know, big tree service companies and, and talk to them about steel and safety and all that. And I honestly only recently started uncovering that, you know, in the last year or two, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like I said, I just thought steel just, you know, just bought or just, uh, you know, made equipment that we would buy for the end users for us to do our jobs. I never knew, but, but maybe that's because I'm not an arborist. So maybe that's like a different world that I'm just haven't ever been a part of to really know that. Cause I don't think they're doing that with like, you know, weed, weed whackers and, and blowers and stuff as much as they're doing that with chainsaws and just, you know, tree safety in general. Um, but that, that could just be my perspective. What, what do you think about that? Well, actually, I I see it. Yeah, definitely. It, it obviously, I'm in the tree business, and the tree world is really where my vision is really kind of tunneled, if you will, at times. But um, there's a lot of effort and a lot of passion wrapped around educating and sharing and doing good things between both Steel and myself. And I think that's the that's the bond that we have is we just we're we're all wanting to make sure that we share whatever we can and give back as much as we can because it comes around to all of us. And that, you know, the more good you do, the more good it comes to you in my eyes. So um, that's a big part of it, but I do see a lot of effort being placed um, the same kind of effort being placed in other areas as well in the construction and the landscape and and lawn businesses as well on that side of things. You know, there's uh, definitely a lot of things, like for example, there's. Uh, have you ever been to the, to the GIE, the Green Industry oh, Expo? Oh yeah. GIE oh, yeah. and E. Yeah. <laughs> so you've seen the effort that goes into into not just the, the the amount of effort to show the product in the booth. You probably have seen all the live demonstrations of just 
people like myself sharing tips. I mean, I, we stood a tree up in there in the yes. showroom floor and climbed it and rigged it down and used chainsaws and talked about chainsaw safety. And we went back and forth with a gentleman, uh, Jeff Cartwright, that did the landscaping demos of how to to work, uh, you know, with the products on the landscapes to help share great tips and tricks and things. And, you know, all that, you know, at the end of the day, yes, they, they want to sell products. Steel wants to sell more products, but they don't do it by shoving it down anyone's throat. Uh, it's all really like, I'll give you a really good example of what it's about for me. Uh, is from what I see is like, there's a full page ad in a magazine that is in tree care called tree care industry, the TCI magazine. Right. Mm-hmm. And that full page ad, it's not showing product. It's not saying what this is new. And, you know, it's not a typical advertisement. It says advertisement at the top, but you know what it is? It's a, it's basically a blog that I write for that magazine um, with things that I feel really are, are, are current and important things to talk about, whether it's business wise, tree climbing wise, you know, technique wise, safety wise, whatever. And that's the advertisement. So there's all you'll see is basically the logo uh, of steel just to let you know that this is supported by steel, but it's not, it's not like a, a typical advertising strategy, you know? And I think the takeaway message to me is they want to provide value more than anything else. And they're not so worried about, you know, the typical advertising campaigns. They're more interested in about how people are going to uh, benefit from what they're doing. And that's, that's to me is beautiful because now you're, you're, you're making your statement about saying how important people are to you. And that's the statement I think that I stand behind a hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. That, uh, what is a, like a place or a resource that, that you can recommend for people to get more information about everything that you've been talking about with steel, like whether they're in the tree business or they want to get into the tree business, or they just want to explore some of the new things that you're, you know, uh, we're talking about how steel is trying to do some, some different things in the lawn and landscape and construction, uh, fields where, where could someone go just the steel website, or is there any other resources out there? Yeah, I think um, steelusa.com is a great resource. There's a lot of things there that even I've helped contribute. If you look around enough under uh, in certain areas, you'll see this, this, the team steel, and that's that's where you might find some stuff that I've helped contribute. Um, but to follow their social media. There's YouTube channels. Um, there's the Instagram account that I know of for sure. There's probably other things that I, I just don't, aren't aware of everything, but look for them on social media because I think um, – Again, they, they're the, the they're kind of their angle is to educate and share, and I think it's a benefit to everybody if you do follow these accounts. And um, I've done plenty of work uh, as well on the YouTube channel, and I've done plenty of work. And these are just tips of how to how to fall a tree, for example, or you know, tree climbing tips or pruning tips, and some homeowner resources too. But there's a lot of great great uh, things you can find there. And I would also say. Um, if you're interested in tree care and, and some of the things we talked about, you can always look up my website, which is treebuzz.com, T-R-E-E-B-U-Z-Z. Um, there's a lot of resources there, including the homeowner resource tab. And then there's a there's a pro tips tab, which is the videos that Steele and I created to help the pros, which I think are, are, are also good tips for some of the, the landowners and homeowners as well, uh, at least to get the educational part of, out of that. You know, and of course you can always follow me on Instagram. I don't, I don't have a Facebook account, but uh, Instagram has me. You can Google my name as well and find a lot of information that's out there that I put out there. If you just Google Mark Chisholm Tree Climber or Arborist, you'll see tons. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, before we go, I did want to kind of talk a little bit more about um, your your website that you just alluded to, uh, Tree Buds. What, where, sure. How did that start yep. and what, what is that all about? Obviously, it's about trees. <laughs> that's a, that, yeah, that's a fun one, um, actually. That was just kind of a passion project that I started in the late 1990s. I was trying to think of a way. The Internet was kind of relatively new. We didn't know where it was really going to go, how it could be useful for tree care. But I definitely saw the power in being at events like the Tree Climbing Championship, the TCI Expo, something like a GIE, you know, where you get together with people there's, there's like such a fast paced, like sharing of, of wealth of knowledge at those events. There's the networking component. And I said, we could probably do something like that from our computers at home whenever we want, if we use the right platform. So 
I created TreeBuzz originally using a platform for forum for a discussion group, which I've changed, you know, plenty of times through the years to keep going with technology and alter it and make it more functional and better. Um, but that's where it really came from. It was came from the idea of how do we get to talk to all these great people that we only see once a year or twice a year if we're lucky. And when we started doing that, we saw the bar of the industry being raised very quickly because of that. You know, same thing with social media. Now, the only kind of kind of thing that I dislike about social media is sometimes it's hard for people to, to see who's credible and who's not credible. And I think everyone knows this, right? Yeah. Um, but I find on TreeBuzz, it's easier because the community helps point you in the right direction. They, there's a community response. It's not one person you're following. It's a, it's a community you're talking to. Of, I mean, TreeBuzz gets 60 to 80,000 unique visitors every month. And uh, there's a ton of good, good people talking from all over the world about everything tree related on the, on the forum. So I think it's a great spot to go to for a lot of things on that note. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. And hey, just uh, I'm so intrigued by this tree climbing championship. I, I can't let this go. I can't let, let you <laughs> off the phone before yeah. we uh, we talk about this a little bit more. Yeah, what, yeah, sure. at, at what point did you uh, realize that you could just climb trees on a competitive level? Like, how does that even happen? Is that just something when you're in the tree business that just becomes inevitable if you like climbing trees or what? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> I don't think a lot of people really want to compete. To be honest with you, I think they get they get brought in by friends or or whoever. It's some someone brings you along for the ride somehow, and that's how it happened for me. It was um, my father had just started to help organize an event here because it needed more help. He had never competed, and then uh, a bunch of my mentors were like competing or helping to run it, and they said you should try it. You see if you like it. You're you know, you're a good climber. You, you probably do well. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it, but I did like competitions because I did do sports when I was young before I started tree climbing. I was in soccer when I was really young for five years. And then I was in wrestling for three years. Um, and then of course I started tree climbing at a very young age, right around 12, 13 is when I started climbing. So I started wanting to work rather than like go to football practice or wrestling or whatever. So I never, competed beyond that point. So this was another kind of outlet where I was like, you know what, this is really cool. I get to compete, uh, which is fun for me because I like, I like physical fitness. I like training for something. I like to have that in my life. So, uh, it really kind of grabbed me there. But so my first competition in New Jersey, um, I was just turned nine, just turned 19, I believe, or I was 18 going on 19. I forget now, but, um, I did it. And I got, I got my butt kicked basically. I did well on the numbers. I placed fifth overall out of like, I don't know, maybe there was like 18 or so climbers from New Jersey that were all really good climbers, but I made some really bad mistakes in some of the events that really frustrated me. And I, I couldn't wait to get back and try to clean them up next year just to prove to myself I could do better. And it wasn't about trying to win really. It was just about making myself feel good about what I did and how I presented what I could do. And so I went back the next year and I took second right behind the, the, the champion who won the year prior. And that year I went to the world championships as the runner up in Philadelphia. It was because of the close trip. I went to that event for the first time and I was so intimidated by all the climbers from all over the country and outside the country, all over the world, really that had all this cool gear and different look and technique. And I was like in awe of, like, I was just like a sponge, but the intimidation, the lack of confidence and all that created a problem for the competition for me. And again, I, I did horribly. I placed like 28 or so out of like 32 or four, maybe I was really not good. Um, but there was a, there was a gentleman there who grabbed me right after I finished an event that I got timed out in this aerial rescue event. Um, this guy, Sam Noon, and he grabbed me and, uh, he was helping to run the event that year. And, He's, he's, it turns out he's a past world champion himself from the late seventies, just a really great, great climber. And he grabbed me and he said, listen, he says, don't be discouraged by that. He says, he says, I saw what you can do. He says, you didn't, you didn't perform to your best. He says, come back next year and try again. He says, that's how we all get better. And he says, and he basically jokingly said, if you don't come back, I'm going to come looking for you. And he was a big guy. <laughs> so I, I said, okay, Mr. Noonan, I'll do my best. And Next year, same same thing happened in Jersey. I took second, 
to the same champion, but I was really on his tail. He almost lost to me. We both traveled to California that year where Sam Noonan is from. He's from Santa Rosa. This was in Oakland at the time. And I went from 28th in the world to third in the world that year. And I beat the New Jersey guy, took fifth, which was really good for New Jersey. We came in third and fifth. But the New Jersey guy saw the writing on the wall, I guess. He saw my passion, and he he stopped competing that year. And the next next year I won, and I ended up winning 21 years uh, as a champion from New Jersey. Wow. And then uh, kept going. The World Championships was a great arena, to again, to get passionate about. Just great people, great experiences. And I ended up winning that three times, and I think I placed in the top ten maybe, uh, I think, 22 times out of 24. Wow. So, yeah, good run nonetheless. Yeah. yeah but again, it, sure. it speaks to that that passion can drive you and can really make you really good at what you do if you really like what you do. Yeah, for sure. What what were some of the uh, mistakes that you made early on that you were frustrated with? Like you, you had a good climb <laughs> on, on paper, but you were frustrated with yeah. some mistakes. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a couple of events I didn't know anything about. And part of the, part of the process too in competition that I didn't really give respect to or know about at the time is you need to know the rules and you need to know how you're going to get scored in order to get the points, you know? So I was losing points on stuff. I didn't know why uh, I just didn't understand it that well. And I, I didn't put any effort into it. I literally would just go to work. And then when it's time to go there, I grabbed my gear and I went to the event. I didn't just crap, climb the I didn't tree. train for it. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't do anything except work. And I thought that would be enough. Like most people. And it turns out it's not because you're competing against people who think about this all year and practice, train, tighten up ideas, you name it. And they know the rules. They don't violate them. Um, they know the points and they get them. They go for them. They don't just, you know, so I wasn't, I was really bad at the aerial rescue in the beginning because I didn't really speak enough. Tell you're supposed to talk about what you're doing and control the scene Tell, tell the judges what, what, what you see, what you're doing and why that you're handling the, the, the victim properly. Um, you know, talking to the victim to let them know everything's going to be all right and what's going on and talking, getting the uh, EMS on the way and then talking to them. And then all the time, all the while you're climbing and doing things that to tend to this victim and get them back on the ground safely. So um, I timed out on that, that year, Sam Noonan grabbed me. He just saw me do it. And it was because, I was nervous and I got my ropes tangled. I had to use a throw line to shoot the line in the tree, which is a thin little like clothesline, if you will, that's specially made. And and you use a weight on the end of it, like a throw bag, they call it a throw weight. Um, So I threw this up in the tree and it wrapped on a limb and it wouldn't come down. So I I threw another one and that got stuck. Two ropes stuck. I didn't even get in the tree yet. So I, I reached the victim and just started to tend to him. And they called time and I said, I said, it sure is time. I said, my victim has passed away <laughs> because at the, uh, you're supposed to be kind of at the time I was dealing with, with an electric shock. And if you don't get them on the ground in the time frame, the idea is that there's brain damage and they could, they could die from that electrical shock. So yeah. the goal at the time uh, might've been a four minute limit that year and four minutes were up and I didn't even get them out of the tree yet. So yeah, we all knew it. And, uh, they joked, they laughed, they, they liked my sense of humor and, and then Sam grabbed me and kind of pulled me aside and basically gave me a pep talk and, and yeah, I've never forgotten it. And it's, uh, helped me out, but that was one of the mistakes in, in New Jersey. Um, I had a similar uh, thing happen where we do this work climb, which is now a master's challenge where you, you climb the tree from the ground up and you, you do, you hit three stations doing tasks that they want you to do with a pole saw or a handsaw and then come to the ground and pull your gear out. And I did some unsafe acts out of frustration, made some decisions that were poor, you know, that just wouldn't let me climb the tree properly and get the points properly. And I knew it and I was stubborn, you know, a stubborn kid. And I realized, you know, you can't let your emotions get the better of you. You got to stay calm. And ever since that first year, I've, I, this competition taught me how to basically rein in my, my emotions and, and focus and compete. And when you do that, you make better decisions and you're much better performer. Yeah, for sure. 
Man, you've got quite the story. I'm 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 so happy that that I got to speak to you. I'm all pumped now. Hopefully, everyone listening to you pumped. Maybe they want to start climbing trees or something. But what's that aerial rescue about? It. Like, what um, what, what, how are people stuck in a tree and then they need to be rescued? Like, what what is that simulating? You know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in the workplace. You know, back oh, so in the this day, is rescuing the other. You're rescuing other tree workers. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm like, yeah. what the heck Actually, is a random yeah, person just in a tree? <laughs> no, no, no. That's right. That's a really good point, though. There's not too many calls for that. There have been hang glider accidents. There have been parachuters that got stuck in trees. I know there's plenty of drones now and cats that people rescue. But uh, it was really born. The competition was born out of the idea that there was a gentleman back in California in the first year that they created this, they used to call it the tree climbers jamboree because it was like an event to get together, you know, barbecue and, and basically make everyone try to rescue someone given a certain scenario to, to help, you know, kind of help people think about the idea that you may need to, to do emergency response on the job site. And no one ever really practiced until that time. And then, um, it was the main reason the competition was born. And then there were other events added after that through the years. Yeah. It you sounds know, like it was a, like a safety, a like a, sa- a safety event that like turned into like a, a healthy was. competition. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's been one of the best things that ever happened in my life because it, it, so many different side effects came from that, that were so beneficial to me in my life, not even just where it got me in, in the industry, you know, uh, and on all that note, but just, what it taught me about life in general and, and things that it helped me focus on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm eternally grateful that somebody helped get me to that event and kept me there. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking us down that path, a whole nother world of, of the tree tree care world. I mean, it's, I, like I said, I've only know I've known bits and pieces from from different things here and there, but nothing nothing like what you just described. So that that's awesome, and and hopefully that will maybe spark something with anyone listening that might be thinking about you know getting in the tree service, and and also thanks for connecting you know that with steel and really shedding more light because I've been starting to you know see this and learn more about you know the relationship that steel has with you know arborists and all, all different kinds of. Um, folks in the industry that are actually actively doing it and, you know, they have their own business or they're working for business, whatever, and, and just really incorporating that safety while using steel equipment and just in general, you know, whether, whether you're using the equipment or not. And it's, it's a, it's a really good, um, good way to, to bring that together and bring awareness as well as obviously, you know, promote the brand as well. Cause you know, they make some great products and uh, chainsaws specifically when you're talking about uh, tree care. So thanks. Thanks for connecting all those pieces and, and sharing all that for sure. Did you have any, I'm uh, happy to know. Yeah. Do, do you, do you have any, uh, any parting words or anything to, to share with anyone that might be um, looking into getting into tree work or anything like that? Maybe. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, Honestly, I think everybody should get into tree work on some level. I'm not saying you have to start it as a business because obviously it, there's a lot to it, which we kind of just covered. Um, but I think there's a lot of like uh, benefits to whether you're talking business-wise or just personally. I think working with trees really is a great thing to do. And I think it really, um, especially in these times, it's a nice release for people to get out and, and work with trees and care for them and, and watch them grow. I mean, for me personally, I've worked on trees like you can't imagine. I've worked on trees that were over 2000 years old in California that were 330 foot tall redwoods. And to, to apply a craft that you, you, you believe is going to, you know, uh, kind of support their existence and prolong their life and make them even more vibrant is just a great thing to even think about. Like, uh, you know, so I think anybody on some, on some level should try it, but I would just say one big thing, before you run equipment like, say, a chainsaw, read the manual. The manual that comes with it has so much great information on how to run it properly and keep it good and also how to not get hurt with it. That's huge. And if you're going to do tree work, you know, by all means, you want to become an arborist and you never did it before, just go down the right channel and uh, make sure you're doing it properly. Understand what you need to do. You know, get on a, get on a professional forum like TreeBuzz or reach out to a, a professional that you can trust and say, you know, how do I, how do I learn this properly and, you know, and get trained properly because, you know, it is very high risk if you're not trained, but if you are trained, you could be like me, you could do it your whole life and never have a near death experience. 
Well, there you have it, guys. That's Mark Chisholm. He is a wealth of knowledge. And go ahead and follow him on Instagram. And of course, all the links will be in the show notes for you guys. And thank you very much, Mark, for taking the time out of your day today to share all of your life experiences. And like I said before, connecting that with your partnership with Steel over the years and uh, your championship climbing skills and the the evolution of that. (laughs) Definitely a good conversation for sure. So I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, Naylor. And uh, I'll be happy to come back anytime. It was really, really a fun thing to be part of. Awesome. Thanks. I just wanted to take a moment to thank today's show sponsor, The Ramp Rack. I personally have used The Ramp Rack for one whole season. It's been a game changer for my business. If you're looking to level up your lawn maintenance business, mowing crews, instead of pulling a trailer through all these tight neighborhoods, you can be super efficient time-saving, just going from yard to yard, neighborhood to neighborhood without pulling a trailer, everything on your truck, utilizing the ramp rack. I've got a few different videos on my YouTube channel, LCR Lawn Care Rookie. You can check those out. Also, the ramp rack does a phenomenal job on on their website, giving all kinds of information, pictures. You can reach out to them with questions. Go ahead and check out the Ramp Rack if you are looking to level up your lawn maintenance business like I did. All of their information and links are in the show notes. Hey guys, before you head out, if you could do me a quick favor and go on the podcasting app that you're listening to this episode on and click follow or subscribe, it would mean a lot. Thanks. Mr. Producer here, and if you're enjoying Naylor's podcast, I recommend you head on over to his YouTube channel at LCR and see what else he's doing for the community and become a part of the LCR Media Network. Just click join next to the subscribe button and you'll have instant access to exclusive training videos, a private Facebook group to network with other members, and live streams with Naylor. You'll get access to every YouTube video before anybody else does, and you can even schedule Zoom one-on-one video calls with the Lawn Care Rookie and talk about anything you may need help with in your business, like best types of equipment, going part-time to full-time, how to get the best route density, finding your ideal clients, finding employees, or just anything else you need help with. Again, all of this exclusive access is for LCR Media Network members only. Just click join next to the subscribe button on the LCR YouTube channel and be a rookie for life. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.